Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Robots Radio presents... to the cyberpunk lorecast where style is just as important as substance welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore news and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds i'm your host robots cyberpunks welcome back this is the cyberpunk lorecast this is your show that covers everything that has to do with cyberpunk including movies and all sorts of other stuff because we are back this week with our patrons to discuss one of the movies that we have been talking about recently akira the anime from the late 80s that we has some cyberpunk influence in it and was very influential to the anime genre at least here in the united states and the popularity of anime in the united states and i'm your host tom or robots you can call me either and I'm here with my host, my uh, co-host, uh, with my with my host, the host for my host, uh, <laughs> Captain Logan. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> this is a this is a meta. Speaking about meta, <laughs> this is a meta podcast where our hosts, even our hosts, have hosts. <laughs> we should pitch that to Facebook <laughs> slash Meta. <laughs> I don't know where they would go. They'd go for just about anything at this point. But uh, as, as long as we don't put any captchas required for uh, downloading the episode, I think I think uh, you know we'll, we'll be able to get to the highest market there. Yeah, yeah. So this is going to be a weird episode. I'm I'm feeling this is Halloween night. We're talking about Akira. It's an anime that has some cyberpunk influence in it from the '80s. We're talking about this. In a, on a show called the Cyberpunk Lorecast is primarily about the cyberpunk itself and talks mostly about Cyberpunk 2077. I'm, I'm sure people are here, especially if you're new to the show, you're going, okay, this is kind of a stretch. What is going on? And it's not just an episode where you and I are talking because we have our patrons here with us. And it's not even a full patron episode. We've got our OG patrons, So Thanatoasted, who we call Toasty, and Turbo Toboggan, who originally didn't even go by the name Turbo Toboggan. This is like, this is an episode full of just, 
history and all sorts of like old stories. So if you have not been listening to this podcast from the beginning, you've, you're going to be missing out on a lot of references here. So I'm going to do the best I can to keep this as focused as we possibly can. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome back to the show. Toasty, how are you? How are you doing, buddy? Um. I'm confused. <laughs> yes, I think this is I think that's going to be there's going to be a lot of that this episode. Uh Definitely. Turbo Toboggan. It's been a month. Hello. How you doing, buddy? Bye. Fine, fine. Uh Lena is going to join us, so she will be uh be a, a little bit late, but she's going to jump in when she can. So, we'll be adjusting to her joining as well. We were able to watch Akira uh a few weekend, weekends ago. It was what was it? Last weekend? Man, has this been that this week been that long? <laughs> Has it only been a week? Uh, no, we watched two weekends it ago. Um, two weekends two ago. Two weekends ago. I was, okay. I was typically do it. Or actually, I thought no, that yeah, was it, last week. It was mm-hmm. last weekend. It my, was last my week. Oh my one. god! It's only yeah. been a week. Holy moly! Okay, so we've been and watching. Already these. forgot everything. How are we supposed to do the episode? Oh god! And this all just left our head. All this is just going to be an amorphous we'll episode. Have to do a what if ep- episode after all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, I brought up the uh, the crib notes for Akira. I'm sending those to everyone right now. Make sure you read those, and uh, right. we'll, we'll be good. <laughs> we should just them, please. We're just going to download <laughs> the script, and we're all just going to read line by line all the lines from the sh- from the movie, and everyone just pick a character. Can I be? We, there's one of them named Canada. Can I just be Canada? Is that is that okay? Canada. Should we break down what Akira <laughs> is for those that have never watched it? Just That's a wonderful idea. For those who didn't understand what the movie oh, was yeah. at all, if you okay. didn't understand it, I can't help you with that. But as long as you, you can it, by breaking it down, Captain Logan. Yes, we could bringing the show back onto track. All right, let's let's talk about Akira and what it actually is. So this is a 1988 film um, that was brought to the U.S., typically through VHS. Uh, not too many people got this uh, any other way. And uh, it takes place in a future of Tokyo, I would imagine. Um, oh, Neo-Tokyo. Neo-Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, I believe the year is set in 2019. So we've already passed the year that this is supposed to take place. So if it happened... Uh, we didn't hear about it, and I blame uh, I blame the the pandemic for that. Uh, but we're we're kind of opening up on a world where it is pretty cyberpunk, um, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the, you have really tall buildings, lots of landscapes that people have kind of built, uh, you know, parkways and whatnot on top of the actual buildings in these mega cities, and uh, the the lower. Uh, levels are all kind of degenerates and and uh the the homeless and the poor and stuff so we kind of take place or take take part in this world of these kids we're all like 14 but they're in a street gang somehow (laughs) yeah Yeah. and uh they're just driving around doing street gang things at, at the age of 14 and i haven't quite figured that out uh but we find uh that there's a street gang that is um kind of uh, made up of a couple of our main characters. One of them's a uh, uh, Canada and uh, he's, he's kind of the one that people kind of look up to. He's the one that's kind of willing to jump in and, and get into the fights uh, and not have to worry about getting hit. He's willing to take a punch or two for the sake of his, his friends uh, for the most part. And then we have um, the kid that is, is kind of, he's kind of the, <laughs> he's the, the catalyst for the entire movie. Uh, if it, if it wasn't for um, Tetsuo, uh, we probably wouldn't even have this film because Tetsuo is kind of the one that is 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 jealous of uh, Kaneda, and as a result, 
this whole kind of this whole thing kind of kicks off is them being in school, him getting jealous, him stealing his buddy's bike, which is a really nice bike, uh, and then going joyriding with it uh, with his girlfriend, who then uh, causes like a disruption with another bicycle gang or motorcycle gang that's like in the city, mm-hmm. and they end up knocking him off the bike they end up crashing the bike and they end up like trying to beat the crap out of tetsuo and start trying to rape his girlfriend meanwhile these are all 14 year olds mind you right in a street bike gang and, in a street and bike gang yeah wielding wielding like wrenches and things like trying to hit each other off each other's bikes and stuff yeah <laughs> they're wielding wrenches on tron bikes by the way like these, yeah. <laughs> these are light bikes from tron and i was like what <laughs> So it's it's kind of crazy because you're sitting here and you're like, what the hell is going on? Uh, Canada makes it to wherever Tetsuo ended up, uh, disrupts the gang. And, um, oh, I remember the reason why he crashed was he was driving down this uh, highway and there was a little kid. Now, I, like maybe what would you guys say? Seven, eight years old? Well, for these 80. The- Looks, I don't yeah. know. Looks he could 80. be four um, yeah. based on they all the have fact that they're apparently hand, 14. <laughs> yeah, they're they're all the kids are super young, but they've clearly aged to the point where they look like they're in their 60s or 70s. Like they look uh, uh, geriatric, even though they're in like a kid shape. So uh, very weird. But this kid is like ghost white could have been a a spirit for all we know and uh tetsuo crashes the bike and like slams into this kid and as a result some of this kid's powers which he has like telekinetic powers what's up it like awakens his like it's like like a like a a awakening oh using his powers next to him it awakens uh tetsuo's powers is it this all going on when a uh, like a giant uh, like student riot up like or like is happening too? Right. I'm trying to remember if there's a riot going on. Well, it's like I know it's there's like people riot. like rioting against like yeah against the imperialism. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you do have Akira, that Akira. Yeah, you do have that that cyberpunk aspect of uh, the the people rising up against kind of the the corporates or the uh, the government mm-hmm. at this point, which yeah, the the powers that be, uh, very very in line with what cyberpunk is. Um, and as a result of all this, like you find out that there's a a sect of scientists who are a part of the government who are trying to hunt down this uh, kid that escaped. And when they, they, uh, did they ever find the kid? I don't remember if they actually find yeah. the kid. He ends up going back and okay. that's how they become the three again. Okay. That's right. So yeah, there's, there's three of these kids total. Uh, there were four, but the fourth one was kind of the, the first of, of their, their kind of psychic kind. Uh, that's how and- they became three. Like, the, like they found him, found out his powers experimented on the other three and made them have powers like him, but they were like inferior. Like they were split between the three. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was clear that the, that the first kid was kind of the, the um, kind of primordial ooze that they, that they used to shape the other kids. And uh, they, after they, you know, dissected the, the first kid, they kind of, they had this explosion that happened back in, when was it? 2002 trying to remember uh, if they said when it happened but yeah, uh, know, basically the there was this, 
yeah. huge, huge explosion that happened in Tokyo. Uh, and they had to rebuild the city. And that's where you got Neo Tokyo. Uh, and everyone just refers it refers to this as a, a an Akira sized event. And uh, so now you've got this kid who ran a motorcycle into a geriatric six year old, uh, awakens his powers. And now this kid who everyone thinks is just kind of like dealing with the repercussions of crashing a motorcycle with no helmet at the age of 14. Uh, instead, he's actually getting like these superpowers and his brain's going insane. He, he starts hallucinating uh, and they eventually uh, realize like something's up because uh, the, the scientists that are there end up capturing Tetsuo and taking him to a facility uh, but Tetsuo wakes up, realizes what's going on, realizes that he has powers and then starts using his his uh, uh, powers to just start like blowing up walls and smooshing people, um, which is kind of ridiculous. And as you kind of go through the film, you start realizing like he's trying to escape, but Tetsuo's uh, insecurities are acting as a as a huge issue for him because he's starting to realize how much power he has and it's the one thing that he's always desired so now he's getting a huge ego over this and wants to control his life and uh he starts trying to get back at canada because he feels slighted by canada who's just happens to have been more popular than tetsuo and uh canada's trying to get tetsuo back uh, and, and realizes that he's becoming a danger to not only just him and his girlfriend and everyone else, but the, the entire city. Uh, and while the government is now trying to hunt down this kid, the three kids are uh, trying to convince him not to do anything that would get them in trouble. Uh, so he escapes from the lab. Uh, he starts going towards the giant stadium. The government starts shooting rockets at him and lasers. Yeah, and they, they realize that he's a danger. And so they just start trying to kill him. Yeah. After they realize like he's going to be the next Akira uh, uh, sized explosion, they tried to just annihilate him. What's up, Toasty? Toasty? Oh, you, mean, you mean Turbo? Or Turbo, sorry. Oh, no! <laughs> I Everyone's read, Toasty I read, now. I read <laughs> Toasty. Everyone's Toasty. Um, also, hi, Lena. Yeah, but Lena, Lena snuck whole... in. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Yeah, there's a beautiful thing called time change in Germany. And I was just like, um, why oh, are you yeah. talking? Why are you uh, talking to me as if this episode was would start like right uh, oh, now? No. And I was just laying in bed. Hasn't happened yeah, yet, our time change is going to happen soon, too. So then as it will adjust again. So we'll try to communicate that for the next episode. Um, well, it's, sorry about it's that. It's only going to be for the next couple of weeks. It's yeah. just one week. We only have a one week difference. So yeah. our turn is on the seventh. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but um, what what I was uh, about to bring up is that technically, right now, like we were talking about the movie, no one knows that Akira has been dissected. Tetsuno is trying to find Akira, thinking it's someone trying to fuck with his head. That's been stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. we yeah, don't know so, he's dissected until they get to the stadium. Yeah, Tetsuo is basically going crazy. Uh, and Being giant stuffed animals. Well, the so the stuffed animals were the projections from the little kids. So the little yeah. kids to try and hide their true form were creating these uh, psychological manifestations of different toys and stuff to look like, you know, like a bear and a bunny and a car uh, based on their personalities to try and, and mentally overpower Tetsuo. Cause Tetsuo is just, he's just using his psychic powers to just blow through walls in the building. Uh, and they're kind of like, Hey, too. sorry. 
and they're they're also warning him not to do it too fast because it'll like overwrite him or something like that right yeah yeah he'll lose control if he keeps uh pushing himself so much and uh you know them being you know 86 in a six-year-old's body he doesn't respect them at all from any aspect uh as a a, a full adult at the age of 16 or 14. 14 yeah so he ends up going out to this uh stadium in search for akira uh ends up finding uh akira but not before the government calls down an orbital laser beam to mm-hmm. try and just absolutely annihilate tetsuo and meanwhile canada is like trying to find him and they're trying to like hunt him down to try and get him to stop you know uh and then at this point tetsuo's pay, uh, powers just go absolutely insane uh canada grabs a a laser gun from one of the soldiers that died in the the blast after half of the stadium goes up into a bunch of rubble and uh just casually blows off his buddy's arm for well it's, it was the it was the orbital no, weapon that the took off the arm, off his arm. yeah yeah Did he? yeah oh that's right he canada shot, he shot canada him, in shot him in the chest laser but it wasn't chest. enough to kill him and then the laser the laser weapon uh, right. ran out of battery the orbital weapon shot down and canada had had to like jump down the uh the rocks that were falling away yeah. remember that and, and yeah, like, oh, yeah. anime and lock tetsuo lost his arm and that's where he ended up um with the robotic arm yeah, yeah he yeah. jumps up in space actually like, yeah. like which i find and then he lands on the orbital gun and starts firing it at the city and then he once the orbital gun re-enters uh re-enters the, like the atmosphere like he uses the bits and pieces of metal to make himself like a robotic biomass arm uh-huh yeah that starts like trying to fuse with everything yeah so he's having a good day and uh <laughs> He uncovers he uncovers Akira's body uh, or the the remnants of it, which is essentially just like the the service or, or nervous system, uh, like his eyeballs and his brains and his heart and you know different parts of his body that's left that are in these these uh, uh, test tubes that are for some reason buried underneath of uh, uh, an, an arena stadium for some reason. I don't know why that was the, they thought that was the cool place to do it. Uh, maybe it's the mascot there, who knows? And uh, <laughs> after realizing what's going on, um, the kids that are the, the geriatric children, the test subjects make it to the stadium and they're trying to convince him to uh, calm down. And they're also trying to stop Tetsuo uh, and Tetsuo loses just all control of his powers like he just goes absolutely insane and his body starts to morph you know he's young he's going through some weird changes and he's finding his voice is getting deeper and he That's starts turning into a, uh, a yes. giant fleshy blob yes. i too remember that part of puberty blob. where i turned into an elder Torah creature i i <laughs> i remember those days fondly yep yep and forever will you be mocked in uh in gym class as a result uh as many of us men have have had to deal with and subsequently you've probably developed some really good uh some really good issues mentally with that that we'd probably talk to someone about but unfortunately there isn't a psychologist or a psychiatric or or any kind of mental help uh for tetsuo he is full insane right now he has managed to uh kill his girlfriend within his fleshy folds uh as he's now turning into this godzilla sized uh monster and he's he's also calling out to his buddy kanada who's now trapped in some sort of fleshy cave uh with a laser beam and he's trying to ask him to do something while he's crying about how he just murdered his girlfriend um and and te- you know canada's he's holding it he's holding it together pretty well for a 14 year old i gotta say 
this kid has got his uh, his head on straight because he's not going insane. He's like, nope, this shit's fucked. I'm going to shoot my way out. And that's what he does. He takes the laser and he starts cutting his way through his buddy's body. Mm-hmm. Uh, With lots of <laughs> lots of yelling of Tetsuo! Yeah. that was just a Tetsuo! whole movie though it doesn't really matter yeah. so there was there was a lot of that yeah there's a lot yeah. of that yeah. He, yeah he shouted tetsuo like four times within the first like five minutes i was mm-hmm. like dude chill please it, <laughs> yeah it's kind of it's kind of like dune you kind of know the main characters names because they're the easiest and they shout them all the time mm-hmm. uh so with with canada making it out um, he realizes what's going on and he is trying to tell the kids that they need to get out of there and whatnot. And, uh, all of this kind of comes down to, I believe Akira, who's just a, a bunch of body parts, just a bunch of body parts and some glass tubes, uh, making a, a choice decision to, uh, to, to try and reset the clock on Tetsuo and, uh, his body turns back to normal and he gets murdered and, um, Nobody has any issues with that. Uh, but yeah, Isn't there's it like he goes off like a nuclear explosion that slowly just eats anything that touches like it's giant white sphere. Like so yeah. expands. Yeah. Sucked into it, you're stuck in it. Was it, I'm pretty sure was it Akira or was it Tetsuo that, that set it's off Akira. The... like uh, the, the glass tubes break and then Akira like spirit forms, like, like his spirit bodies himself into it. Uh, then they, uh, like a slow sphere starts to grow from it and anything that touches it gets sucked in. So Canada and Tatsuyo get sucked in and the three kids, it's like, it's not their fault. So they go inside of it and they bring Canada uh, out because Tatsuyo knows he's already too, he's, he's changed. He needs to go with Akia. The Akia and the uh, three kids and Tatsuyo go somewhere else. Here, so this is this the is the way this is the, the way the yet. this is the way the Wikipedia art, article explains it. So, here let's let's dive into what Wikipedia says. As the mask and grows, a girl this whole time too. As the, one more character we haven't talked about, Kai. Yeah, the whole time and like yeah. there's oh, is that her name? Yeah, Kai <laughs> or K K. Sometimes okay. it's a K, 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 E, I. Um, so this is what it says in, in the Wikipedia article. As the mask grows, the espers, which are the children, the little kids revive akira to stop it and briefly reuniting with his friends upon his revival who, who were the espers akira creates a singularity drawing tetsuo and kanada or kaneda into another dimension the espers teleport shikashima who was the he's the general i believe yes um to a tunnel to a safe distance as the singularity destroys neo tokyo in a mirror of tokyo's previous destruction and they agree to rescue kaneda knowing that they will not be able to return to this dimension as a result in the singularity kaneda experiences tetsuo and the esper's childhoods including his and tetsuo's friendship and the esper's psychic training before tokyo's destruction the esper's return kaneda to neo tokyo informing him that akira will take Tetsuo to safety and that K, uh, K is developing psychic powers. After witnessing the birth of a universe, Onishi's laboratory crushes him to death. After consuming most of Neo Tokyo, the singularity dis- disappears and water floods the crater left in its place. Kaneda, mourning the loss of Tetsuo, discovers that K, uh, K and Kai there's two of them with very similar names, which is always very confusing, have survived. And they ride off into the ruins while 
uh, Shikishima watches the sunrise. Tetsuo humbly introduces himself at another unspecified plane of life and triggers the creation of a universe transcending the limitations of human existence. Yep, yeah, that was a, that's a, I needed that because I could not figure out what happened at the end. Oh, it was a big white ball. Yeah, just a big white ball. And then he comes back. And then what, what happened to everyone? Where did they go? Yeah. Well, needed a, a, lot of, that. <laughs> a lot of subtext for this film. Uh, everything wow. seems what you take away from this film is definitely not what I think the uh, what the director's intent was. Because uh, a lot of that did not translate too well. And that's not because of the translation of the film. That was just how, how just, they decided to portray it. It's just full of, uh, yeah, just, just lots, of, lots of symbolism, lots of explosions, lots of balls of things. And Kaneda Tetsuo. <laughs> yeah. So kind of, uh, I guess, I guess at this point, I'm, I'm curious to uh, kind of uh, work down the list. Um and, and see how you guys felt about it overall because we we kind of broke it down before we get into anything where it's like uh you know this is how how cyberpunk is this how how does it fare in in comparison to like cyberpunk 2077 uh does it hit all the things or were there things that were were missed out of it i wanted to get like an overall feeling um starting off with toasty toasty this was your first and only viewing of the film right yes okay so what did you think going into this before you started to watch it what were you kind of expecting i was expecting to really enjoy it and then it was going to blow my mind okay Mm -hmm. so after watching it uh i know you said you were you were confused um did it blow your mind were there parts that were interesting to you at that point? Did it, but did it blow your mind first? Did it? Uh, it? Okay. It definitely blew my mind. It was not in the way that I was thinking it was going to blow. My mind. <laughs> okay. Um, as far as enjoyability, I honestly, I probably not. I was just, basically just struggling to figure out what the hell was going on the entire time. Um, Cause I feel like there was a lot of weird, crazy shit going on without any explanation as to what it was exactly. Like you could pick up on some stuff like uh, kids have psychic powers. Okay. He has psychic powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire, like, I think last 45 minutes was just like, what is going on? Um, so I, I don't know. That. Maybe I could, maybe if I rewatch it, like actually knowing what's going on to where I don't have to like struggle to figure it out. Maybe I'll start seeing things that like I like or whatever. I mean, I feel like the animation stuff was pretty cool for like, you know, it's from 1988 films, pretty for anime, especially I felt like it was, it was pretty good. Um, I wish that there was more defining characteristics for some of the characters that made me better able to discern them. 
Yeah, there's a lot of characters that look very similar. Short there brown hair. There was at one point where that girl showed back up, uh-huh. like after after the beginning when she walks off and the bus cuts off and he loses her, and then she's running away from something, and he's like, "Oh, it's that girl," and I was like, "Oh, is that who that is?" Because I didn't. I thought it was just a random NPC because they all look. This, not NPC, but random yeah. crowd person. Right, right. Like, the, the, a lot yeah. of them have the similar outfits, similar haircuts, similar hair colors, and you know, similar eye colors. And when and quick glances, when the screen would like move from one character to another, it would, oftentimes you're like, oh wait, is that that character or is that just a random character that just looked kind of generic? Because yeah, I was trying to figure out who uh, Ryu or Ryu or however you pronounce his name was whenever he was in that group of the three dudes who looked exactly like him. And I was like, what? Which one of you is the one that she was with before? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It gave me a, a bigger appreciation for the fact that like modern anime has a bunch of like really stupid, crazy hair colors that help you discern the characters apart from another. <laughs> Because right. I was kind of right. wishing for crazy hair colors in this, so at least I'd be like, "Hey, that's that girl from earlier." That's the one something. with the blue hair. That's the one with the red spiky hair. That's the bald guy with the funny eyebrows. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was. the The movie doesn't really play to the tropes. Uh, everyone looks like they are actually living in poverty. They all look like their clothes are not that great. That's why I think uh, so many people were kind of envious of uh, kind of the. Uh, because he had like the best bike out of everyone mm-hmm. and that was kind of yeah. what the bikes drew attention. were definitely different there was like i don't think any of the bikes look similar to each other they actually had like cool designs and stuff yeah i was able to identify canada because of his jacket i was yes. like yeah the jacket with the pill on the back of it i don't know why he's got a pill on the back of it but i recognize that jacket right the, the name of the gang is called the capsules Ah, so that explains that. It was, it was part uh, of the game. Didn't pull that information either. Thank you. <laughs> so when this was made, um, they had a. a I mean, this also comes from the wiki, but their budget at the time was one billion one hundred million yen, which was at the time an unconventionally high budget for an anime film, and um, at the time was also had a uh, super fluid motion with over one hundred and sixty thousand animated cells. So the frame rate of the animation was was significantly higher than most other animes at the time. Did you guys feel like the animation was fluid compared to a lot of other anime that you even see today? Or did you feel like it was on par? Toasty, did you like uh, you watch other anime? What, what did you think about that? I would say probably production standpoint on par on par. Like the style of it was definitely like. 80s like i felt like i was yeah. watching an 80s movie when it started i was like the style matches but the animation like like the effects and stuff that they had in it was definitely like pretty like up there compared to and it didn't like lag there's a lot of like moments in anime where you can tell like oh this is where they cut the budget right here because like you the have frame like rate weird drops laggy stuff like right. when in the Witcher movie, when Vesemir's walking down those stairs, it's just really weird and laggy. Or when he's walking in general, there's just weird laggy moments where he's walking. This didn't really have that, so that was right. pretty cool. Right? All, yeah, was, like all, all of a sudden, like all, at this during this time period, um, made for TV anime, the animation would you could tell it would drop to something like eight or ten frames per second or something like that. You would you would see, and and oftentimes it would be like characters in the background would kind of switch from like. 
pan to one thing to another. They would kind of repeat. And then the main things in the in the front would go. A lot of the reason behind that too is because you're you're dealing with multiple studios. You're dealing with like this movie was done by one studio. So they they had full control over all of the animation quality and they didn't have to try and because uh, a lot of films tend to like even with uh, today, a lot of animation gets dished out to Korean studios. Um, so you'll have like American studios or you'll have uh, Japanese studios. They'll do a lot of the keyframing, which are the big movements between mm-hmm. uh, in a scene. And then what they'll do is they'll have other studios go in and do the in-betweeners and depending on time and budget that can, that can really cut down on just how fluid a lot of the animation is. And this is one where they were shooting for, you know, they were shooting for, for a full 30 frames, I think for, for each thing. And they were actually doing telescoping shots to try and convey depth in a lot of the scenes. I think one of the biggest ones is uh, the, the tunnel scene where you're seeing them chased uh, down the tunnel systems. You see them transfer from one tunnel to another. And if you look the angle of the tunnel actually adjusts, but the amount of detail that's just in that tunnel is absolutely insane. And it's, it's, you can really tell. Um, I did want to reach in and uh, uh, get Turbo's uh, uh, thoughts on this. What were you like? When did you see this? And did you have any expectations going into it? Or was it fresh for you? You just kind of threw it on. And how do you feel after, after seeing it? It's been a while since I've, uh, the first time I saw it was like, I think, oh, uh, I, 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 like the first anime I saw, like, as soon as I saw that, I went and saw this because everyone told me like, if you're going to watch anime, you gotta watch this. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't get any of it when I first saw it, but I went back and watched the, like, I think maybe like the, this has got to be the second time maybe I watched it was, it was just today. Or early this month, and I watched it today. Uh, and it it was more amazing back when I first saw it when I was younger mm-hmm. and stuff. Because, but I but I've seen it today, and I, I I see some of the '80s uh, stuff in it. Also, c- comparing it to a lot of the the stuff that we saw as as kids on TV when we looked at like American animation this kind of animation style and at 30 frames per second was significantly smoother than say watching. Oh yeah. The kind of stuff that we saw on TV. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it was mind blowing to us. Yeah. Compared to the, the Looney Tunes or Hanna-Barbera comics that we were, or cartoons that we were watching or whatever it was. Yeah. This was, this was like, if you're, if you're, if we're going back to around the time, this was before even Disney really got into uh, like the Disney afternoon stuff. Uh, this was yeah. like this. We would have still been watching most of the the Looney Tunes, um, the Transformers. original Disney. Yeah, Transformers were were big. Yeah, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, GI Joe. Some was kind of getting into that time frame too. I mean, uh, this, by the time we would have seen it. Yeah, this this came out in the U.S. when like ninety one. So like that stuff would have been kind of old by then. But even you know, I guess Looney Tunes was probably around by then, right? But even then, Looney Tunes didn't have a high frame rate at all. It no, was, it was they, still well, they, it was pretty poor. They had the they had the twenty four frames, but they didn't animate the full twenty four frames. They typically right. animated fifteen. Was was kind of the fifteen to twenty was what they shot for. Right, right. So, so uh, with that, Lena, uh, when was the first time that you watched it? Was this the first time that you'd seen it? Um, and if you had, uh, if this was the first time seeing it, what were kind of your expectations going into it? 
Um, it was actually the second time that I've seen it, and I've. Uh, it was a few months ago I saw it the first time, and therefore I can very much relate to what Tosi was saying because, I mean. If you Google, like, what is cyberpunk? And everyone tells you to, yeah, watch Akira, watch Akira. And I watched it and it was so different. Like, it was not at all what I imagined cyberpunk to be. But I guess it really depends on um, how you define cyberpunk. So uh, this second time, me watching it with you guys... I think I appreciated it more because like I told you while we were watching, like if you grow up like watching Netflix and you have like everything at your hands and you can watch everything, you tend to not appreciate it. But I think I get it that it was a big, uh, a big deal back then. So I really liked it the second time now. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot going on with, uh, with it in general that that if you watched it a couple times you can kind of appreciate the mastery that was that was at the time very tough to do uh but compared to a lot of what you can make nowadays it, it's it's tough i'm curious does anyone feel like it still holds up uh as far as like the 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 quality or the content or were there things that that would get changed or would be done differently these days toasty you got any ideas I mean, I think quality wise it holds up. Like okay. good animation quality and stuff. The style would probably be like adjusted because it's kind of an older style. Um That's something we don't I really think, see with a lot of anime nowadays. Like if they've got a newer style, like they stick to that. Very, very unlike gaming. Uh most people don't go retro with animation, huh? Yeah. Um I think the sexual assault scene would have been changed up just the way they handled it because they didn't really it those those are just not good whenever you like have it happen and then just don't address anything about it like pretending it didn't happen which is basically what they did and it's mm -hmm. like yeah, that's not okay to like do that and then not like address it in some way and pretend like it's not important because it is important and we shouldn't like pretend like it's not important. So, mm. um, that probably would have been, I mean, to be fair, I don't really, I didn't really see the point in it being necessary anyways, like to actually have it in there, I guess like, Oh, the clowns are really bad dudes, but you could have shown that the clowns were really bad dudes in other ways. So, yeah, uh, I I didn't think that it was like necessary for the plot or anything. So that probably I think that's the only part that where I was kind of like, I this this is I don't like this. I was very iffy on it because it was like, maybe they can do something with this. But then they just pretended it didn't happen. And that's never a good thing. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that was a thing of its time. You know, yeah, I, I know it's a very like it's, it, I, it, it doesn't excuse it, it, it but it definitely it, dates it. And right. I was like, yeah, okay, that's that's definitely uh, an older thing because we right. we we that's not good. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Everything else I think was fine. It was weird. It was icky, but we see that a lot in anime and other forms. I mean, I've been watching Demon Slayer, and some of those guys are uh also hideous monstrosities uh like 
<laughs> like what he turned into at the end. So yeah, the rest of it I think was fine. Turbo, I knew you had a you had an idea there. What were you thinking? Uh, no, uh, ter- uh, Toasty got it with the. Oh, okay. The, yeah, the the scene. I would have got that. I would have had that in there. Yeah, I think uh, and we were talking with Lena about this while we were watching it, and I, you probably agree with that as well, right? Yeah, that's it's it's interesting because I just got done watching Dune, and uh, it, it's it's apparent that those themes still carry through to today. Uh, the 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 amount that it, they went to within Akira back then, I think they could have toned that down. Uh, I don't know how necessary it was, but um, a lot of anime at that time was trying to get the attention of people, and that was a very common thing in a lot of animes was just kind of real brutal rape. Um, so it, I definitely it's think it's a big thing in anime, even like more recently, which is like, it, it's really bad, but it is a thing that comes up a lot. I mean, there's like a lot of anime that get a lot of flack for doing stuff like that and not having it like dealt with in the, like in an appropriate manner. I wonder how much yeah, of like, that is a culture thing that we don't understand in the same way that they do and, and again this isn't to excuse it this is just me wondering if this is addressed differently in their culture and the conversation around that is at a different place in their culture that we are not necessarily privy to the conversation the same way as, as we yeah. are in our culture to understand where they're at in that conversation yeah it's it's an interesting idea and even if it is a cultural thing is it is it in in culture is it still something that should be considered okay kind of thing yeah uh, i, I want to give lena an opportunity though uh if you had any any thoughts on it mm, i was just i was actually just thinking about i think we're like being really sensitive with the topic because of like i don't know the the last few years with the me too movement and stuff like that so i guess we have like we're just looking at things like this differently. So, but it's like, I would really like to know if that is a cultural thing. I may have to research that. So I don't know, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I've talked to you like scenes like this, like I'm okay with people dying, animals dying, everyone dies. I don't care. Like, but like scenes like this, they just rubbed me the wrong way. I literally can't watch scenes like this. Rape, groping, anything like this. I don't like it. And I don't understand why it has to be in movies. So I'm I'm curious uh, to kind of bring this back to the cyberpunk um, aspect. Do you think that this was a scene that was left in to try and show the the brutality, the 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 deprecation that's happened in cyber in a cyberpunk world is this part of the theme because we've seen at least in relation to cyberpunk 2077 there is a lot of uh uh, like an an abundance of sexuality like sexuality is displayed everywhere in cyberpunk you can't you know drive around a corner without seeing an ad for something that is sexualized so even in uh you know 2077 something that came out in, in 2020 uh, these are still themes that are being tied to cyberpunk at, at its very essence, it seems like. So do you think that this scene was was put in due to the theme of the actual film? If this had been set in a 
a more in a different in a different future in a different uh, style of world where it wasn't a, a dystopian future? Do you think that it would have been left in there? I mean, I think it very much plays into this thing of Akira being an adult movie. Like it's very much distinguishing itself from like uh, anime for children. So maybe, so it basically also is like an aspect of being cyberpunk, this over-sexualization of society, which we also have in cyber, uh, cyberpunk 2077. So maybe, maybe it was necessary for the movie to like show its audience, like this is an adult movie there's going to be violence, sexuality. Maybe it was necessary. Yeah. Mm. I, 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 I don't know that it's specifically a cyberpunk thing so much as it is, is an adult thing. It's a, it's an adult in a violent thing and it's a specifically violent in an adult way kind of thing. Like it had this mm. been a medieval set piece. It could have been an adult violent thing in a medieval set piece. It, it didn't have to be cyberpunk. And that, that's kind of my take on it. But don't we have like stuff like this in Blade Runner too? Like with like sexuality all over the place, like hookers mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. isn't this a cyberpunk thing? I don't know. Well, yeah, I, it, ha I, it has to do with um, the, 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 there's a connection to the, the dregs of society, this idea that there's the haves and the have nots and the majority of society is living in the have nots. And so therefore they're doing whatever they can in order to get by. So in those kinds of situations, historically human beings, often females will use their bodies and will sell their bodies in order to make enough money to get by. So therefore you end up with a lot of prostitution. That's just something that happens in those kinds of situations. And um, you also end up with unhealthy relationships due to the severity of the poverty that people are in and the 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 fact that you don't have a society that's healthy where people are dealing with psychological issues. So you have a lot of people who are not dealing with psychological issues and a lot of unrestrained um, sexual internalization you know people aren't dealing with their sexual issues in healthy ways so you have a lot of sexual aggression in men and you have a lot of sexual rep repression and people who are overly religious and, and you, you end up with a lot of these issues that are all compounding on each other so that creates a society that is just messed up in all of these different ways and you end up with all of that it just it just kind of snowballs but i mean in this aspect maybe it's very n normal for them not addressing it because it's just like a part of who they are as a society. Like they're being violent, they're being, I don't know, overly sexual, mm -hmm. some kind Vi of social issue. Sexual, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I think what it kind of comes down to is, is that in in most cyberpunk societies there's a lot more people that are in the cities and f much fewer like actual judicial regulation like there's fewer cops and stuff like that so you know if no one's policing properly in a society then the people are going to get away with what they can and that that goes from anywhere from violence to sexual harassment and uh thievery things like that so 
you know, you're trying to do whatever you want and you, you don't have anyone telling you no, and there's no repercussions for your actions, then yeah, you're going to start seeing society degrade, uh, to the point where they're, they're doing what they want, even at a, at a, uh, you know, something like that. So yeah. I, I would argue I think, that even more than a lack of supervision, it has a lot to do with a, uh, increase in basic need people who aren't getting the the necessities of life. They, they aren't able to work their way out of poverty. They aren't work, able to, they're finding no hope in a future. So therefore they see no, no problem with just living day to day with whatever they're saying, screw it. What, what's it matter if I hurt other people? There's this life is hell. I'm going to do what, what I can do to meet my needs now because that's all that matters. And psychologically, that 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 actually has a higher uh, higher impetus for crime than a lack of uh, potential for punishment. I think that that's, yeah. that actually has a you know like you could have police on every corner and people are still going to do things and risk the punishment if they're living in a situation where they see no no potential means of getting out of a of yeah. a dire situation. But the difference is, is that there's there's going to be like there's a reason why policing works. So, I mean, even if, if you had every if you had a policeman on like every corner, then eventually enough people are going to see that those people are getting carted away to jails and they'll they'll kind of toe the line more. Yeah, they just get but they get more creative with it. I, yeah, a, a police, but, a police society never really works deep down but we can have this conversation later um because yeah. we're, we're running actually that would be a really like, okay. that would be a really interesting conversation for a later a later discussion about uh, cyberpunk society and over policing and and those kinds of things because i think that that is actually a really cool conversation because they're like there are films or media where the, the, there are dystopias where you have like police control or you have lack of police control right like those are different forms of dystopias um too much police not enough police um yeah. and and what that actually does but we're we, you know we're getting close to the end of the episode we got to take a break from the middle to thank our patrons uh and we've got to talk about the the cyberpunk nature of the movie with each of you guys and get your takes on that stuff too so don't go anywhere we will be right back In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of 2, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men 
one wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. All right, so here we are in the middle of the show, and this is where we get to thank you guys for helping to support the show. So thank you for being here. You are three of our 19 patrons, so thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. You are what helps us to do this every week and keep the show going. Also, I want to point this out because the Patreon has been upgraded. I've been talking about this for the last few weeks. It is officially upgraded. The three of you and our now, this is the new name for the tier that you guys are at, the $25 tier, are the fully upgraded tier. You guys are now getting t-shirts. And I want to show these on the tier. In fact, there's here. Let me for, before I do that, let me explain all the new tiers. There are new tiers. So there is the bottom tier, the three dollar a month tier, which is the Night City Merc. And the Night City Mercs get the ad free episodes, episodes early, those kinds of things. Then there is the cyber augmented tier, which is $10 a month. And you guys get stickers. So every three months you get stickers based on the de designs that I'm going to show you guys. Then there is the fully upgraded tier, which is the one that our patrons here are at. And this is the tier where you guys get to join us at the end of every month for our patron episodes. And this is the tier where you get T-shirts every three months and these are t-shirts only for our patrons and they will never be up on stores they are limited edition and once they are off the patreon and we're on to our next shirt uh, series of shirts they will never be available ever again so those of you who sign up right now this month for this tier we'll be able to get this series of shirts and then every three months there's going to be a new shirt in this year's series and then once these are gone then the next series comes out and once they're gone they're gone and we're just going to move on and i'll explain what those are in just a minute then there's a tier above that called the night city legend and this one is extremely cool this one includes the you get a call out every single episode and then on top of that if you're absolutely crazy i don't think anyone's going to sign up for this but if you want to be johnny silverhand there is one slot for johnny silverhand if you're crazy enough to sign up for this one you get called out every episode and uh, i don't think anyone's going to sign up for that one but if you're absolutely insane and you love the show that much and you want to support at that level you can you can be freaking johnny silverhand so you can go do that but here check this out i'm going to put this up on stream on the stream so if you're on the live stream or watching the video of this uh, let me go to the screen here. Check this out. These are the designs for the shirts. And here, I'm going to pull up uh, the first one. And we're doing the boroughs. These are shirts designed around visiting the different boroughs of Night City. So we have Visit Night City. And we're starting in Little China. And we're going in order of the places that you can go in the game in in cyberpunk 2077 and it starts with little china and at the top says visit night city in a cool script font like one of those like visit night, night visit whatever city fonts and then below that it says little china and in little china inside the font for little china which is designed around chinese letters it's a, it's a chinese-esque font there is inside of that a screenshot from the game and so everything in there is based around a screenshot. 
and this is going to show up on a shirt. So this shirt actually looks like, and it's not going to come through as large on here. And in all of this, you can see on the, um, the discord page, or I'm sorry, the Patreon page, patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast. And so the shirt would look like this and it's, everything's going to be printed on a black shirts. And, and so what you do is you want to make sure that if you are already a patron that you make sure that you have your correct address and everything associated so that every three months you'll you'll get this shipped out to your house the second one is going to be uh visit night city kabuki and so if you want to see it on white you can see here this is the white with the white background this is more of a dark background with the transparency and so kabuki has more of a black uh like a red and greenish or and the design behind that is one of the um japanese looking buildings with the red neon on it kabuki market yeah, I think it might be Kabuki Market. And then this is uh, the Northside Industrial with a really industrial looking font. Ooh. And it has like the, it's at nighttime with some of the uh, bluish lighting and some of the uh, smoke in the air and things like that. And then this one, the final one for the year, the fourth shirt is Arasaka Waterfront. And you can even see the Arasaka and some of the symbolism, some of the, the Arasaka symbolism on one of the buildings. And then at the bottom, you have the Arasaka symbol, the um, three-pronged. I don't know if that's a plant. I don't know exactly what that is at the bottom of the shirt. So lots of cool stuff. I took my time designing these. I'm, I hope you guys will like it. There's less of a conflict with something, a design like this than doing something like the gangs because I didn't want to, I didn't want to get in trouble with anybody going like, you're using our gang font or anything like that. But these I designed all on my own, created all the, all the art and work and this, you know, took the screenshots and everything. So I hope you guys like these. I think they're pretty cool. And anybody who signs up at the uh, fully upgraded tier and higher we'll get these on shirts and the ten dollar tier we'll get these on stickers and it's no extra cost to you if you're already a patron at this tier so bonus stuff for you guys and if you are already a patron want to upgrade you're welcome to do that so this is a big thank you for helping to support the show and a bonus thing and if you have been thinking about supporting the show now would be a great time to jump on and make sure that you can get your shirts or stickers so that's it i just wanted i was super excited to finally get these up for you guys i hope you enjoy them and um after these four go out we'll move on to another zone and we'll have new designs come out and if you stick with the patreon over the whole entire series you'll actually end up with one of these for all the different zones in night city so you can have the entire collection so there you go all right let's move on with the rest of the show All right, so I hope you guys like that stuff. I was I was happy with them, so I hope you like them too. Well, what do you guys think about the cyberpunkness of Akira? And I want to take this back to Toasty. Go back to the top of the order. Toasty, how cyberpunk did the, these movies feel to you? Or did this movie specifically feel to you? I mean, it was, there was like stuff that was similar. I think like, I mean, we essentially had the bozos. So, you know, um, <laughs> the bozo gang. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were the clowns, but you know, the bunch of guys dressed as clowns, like the bozos from cyberpunk. So that's, that's fair. Um, 
it was like some like higher technology stuff i think like the bikes were definitely more advanced but and then some of the weapons were um and it seemed like a pretty crappy like lifestyle so we got that like kind of uh a low or what was it, the high tech low way of life kind of thing or whatever right um right what do you think about neo tokyo the city itself i'm trying to remember like anything about it this <laughs> that was this was this movie was a struggle i'm not gonna lie um well you had it was generally it was kind of a large expanse of like a large urban expanse you had these very long expanses of highway over top of and around all of these structures it was there was very little in the way of um nature i mean you could draw you could draw connections from this to similarities to like dread and um yeah the city it's definitely like big like kind of mega building type things it's like a lot of skyscrapers and whatnot um yeah yeah i can see it it looks kind of similar like to the night city style i think somewhat yeah there's i mean there's less neon and stuff but the idea of this like everybody's living on top of each other it's kind of this concrete jungle that just kind of goes on forever as far as the eye can see everybody's living in squalor except for the people who might be living on the tops of these buildings or in not, certain I very specific really areas. I didn't get a sense at how massive this uh, this is because, like, I'm you know, it's also the point of like trying to make a discernment between Neo Tokyo and regular Tokyo, which regular Tokyo was also massive, like massive skyscrapers and things. And I didn't feel like I didn't really get a sense of like how tall everything was. So like, if these were like mega buildings or if they were just like skyscrapers. Because they never like went somewhere and was like, "Oh, you're on the 200th floor," and it's like, you know, typical buildings don't have 200 floors, <laughs> like right. Dread. You know, Dread was like, "That's a mega building," yeah. But right. we didn't get like statistics and stuff that told us that, like, just how large some of the stuff was. So that that's probably like the only thing is hard to tell, like if it's actually that big or if it was just you know big yeah the i would i would say that there were um they they showcased it in some of the landscape scenes um but yeah there was a, a lot of buildings to the point where you would have some that looked like they had anywhere from you know 25 to 50 stories but then they had like walkways built on the top to bridge other buildings uh in like the very ending of the scene where the big dome is going you can see like there's a uh there's like a bunch of skyscrapers but then there's like a, a small group of just absolutely enormous dwarfing sized uh uh skyscrapers and stuff so i, I would i would confirm the suspicion that these are are probably pretty big there's a satellite view of the area that shows up in it as well where you can clearly see large portions of tokyo bay that have been reclaimed land where they've actually had to um remove waterfront areas and expand land in order for more buildings so this idea of removing water itself in order to create more land for people to live and significant portions of it like very large sections of of what used to be water are now filled in 
So that that creates a very different situation. Uh, Turbo Toboggan, what do you think about the cyberpunk nature of the movie? I felt like it was more background, more, more setting. I, I just, yeah, the set. It's like more of a setting than. Well, I guess that's still. It just felt like it was more of the background, like it and stuff like 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 to do the story first and or something like that. I I don't know how to say it right. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's it's kind of the it's the it's the place that the movie takes part in, but it isn't really a character in the story. The, the yeah, same that, way that it, it, it becomes a character in Cyberpunk 2077. The city itself is more of a character itself than yeah. in this. I, I get that. I get that. Lena, what do you think? I mean, at a first glance, I would say, um, for example, there are no cybernetic augmentations or anything like that, but similar to what um, we saw in the 2012 Dread, like there are these characters who have some kind of, I don't know, psychic abilities. So again, I really like it depends on what you see as cyberpunk because there are no like corporations we do have this kind of military law then there is no visible artificial intelligence or like visible high tech i get i guess or like cybernetics and augmentations are like not visible in this movie mm-hmm. so I mean, at a first glance, it's not really cyberpunk. It's really subtle, I guess. But again, you, you, for example, you have these things in the sewers, these hover sleds, like yeah. the things they ride on. Right. I think the one thing about that I think was very cyberpunk was like the fashion style. Cause we kind of like get like the different aspects of what we like were told, like of the fashion styles and like, you know, depending on how much like knowledge you have, if you've just like played 2077, we have like the, the four that they kind of tell us about, but then, you know, like if you played red or like 2020, there's like other different ones. Um, and like the kids were, uh, the, the, the biker gang was very much like, uh, kind of the, uh, would say like the urban flash style from like cyberpunk red you know minus all the glowy stuff but they didn't really have like any of the neon or glowy stuff in this but they definitely had like that urban flash style you know his jacket with kind of like the 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 higher collar or whatever like it's definitely like pictures that i've seen of the styles in cyberpunk red that like match that uh and then we get that kind of like mp or the 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 militaristic style that we get from like the, of course the army and the Colonel. So I think the, the fashion was definitely very cyberpunk. Hmm. I was doing a lot of cyberpunk fashion research the other day. So that's probably why (laughs) it's sticking out in my mind. (laughs) It's interesting that the two films that we've watched dread and Akira, uh, both of them seem to be set in a very kind of, cyberpunk city uh but both don't necessarily have some of the the other aspects of cyberpunk that we've we've kind of seen with at least cyberpunk 2077 if we're trying to compare uh one to the other 
Um, there's definitely a lot of lights, a lot of uh, show and what's going on, but you don't have kind of that that essential kind of augment feel um, that Lena brought up. And, and it's it's weird that with two films, both at very different times in, in our in our life, uh, both seem to be in in a conjoined setting uh you know both dealing with giant cities big towers um you know multiple giant megacorp buildings and, and corporations that are doing some shady stuff if, even if it's just the government uh but you don't really see the augment of aspect of it you don't really see the cybernetics you don't really see anything they kind of chalk it up to magic you know and uh that was it was an interesting takeaway from both of these i'm curious as we go into uh next film um, if we'll finally get to see some of those aspects. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And as we're getting close to wrapping up the episode, what do we have coming up next? Uh, well, we're going to be doing Ghost of the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. So we got more anime. Yeah, yeah the, the old one, though. The... Yeah, we're doing the original animated Ghost in the Shell, not the uh, not the Scarlett Johansson uh, no. reimagining. <laughs> no. So we're, we're going to get a lot more techie on this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. A lot more corporate esp or government espionage, espionage. Uh, a lot more augments. Uh, in fact, I think the whole film is basically coming down to the the, the discussion between AI and souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what is real? What what matters? And is a is a mechanical body uh, worth having? Things like that. So it'll it'll be really good. I, I think this film is probably one of the best films that we're going to be watching, and not just because I I wanted to put it on the list. <laughs> Awesome, awesome, and um, that wasn't even that wasn't even your movie though. No, well, it was, but I didn't. Movie, it was Yeah, he picked it before I did. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. So the last Sunday of the month for November is the twenty eighth. So we'll be having our next patron episode then. So if you want to join us, that's that's when it'll be. And that means that if we're going to be watching this movie together again, which should be the plan, right, right, Logan. We'll be yeah. looking at Saturday, what, the 20th, maybe? Uh, I was probably going to do it on the uh, 13th because I'm actually going to be taking some time off during that time. So I, I won't have to worry about schedules or anything like that. Uh, I've got plenty of time to work on stuff. So uh, November 13th, and we're going to we're going to be doing it at the, the time that we did last time. So it's going to be 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that's going to be 7 p.m. GMT, I believe. So that should be because co- we should have already had the, uh, the, time, the time change, change there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Lena, are you G- GMT plus one right now or are you in GMT? Logan, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, don't we'll, know. we'll figure it out. We'll post we'll post it up on the Discord. Uh, I, yeah, and Germany is one hour past. One hour past. Head, right. MT, yeah. All right. So, okay. so, yeah, so they're plus one. So there you go. I, but, um, I play tabletops with the German dude. With the German so. dude. <laughs> there you Thanks. go. So we'll, we'll post that up. And um, last time... ratings? Last time it was, it was just the three of us. It was uh, Lena and me and Logan. So you guys, we're having awesome conversations while we're watching these movies. One. Yeah, Tosi's going to join us. And, and You've got two weeks to plan. Don't be shy. Come I, hang I, out with I, us. My plan's already been done. I it's, <laughs> we're in the Robots Radio Discord. If you see us in the channel, Cyberpunk Movie of the Month, just jump in, watch the watch the movie with us. Come chat away while we watch the movie. It's, it's a lot of fun. And guys, 
thank you so much for being here and for supporting this, the uh, show. And let's go back through and let us know if there's something you've got going on that you want to share and ways that people can get a hold of you. Toasty, let's start with you. What do you got oh, going are we on, not buddy? Going to rate these movies this time. Oh, we're, we oh, we're going to rate it. We oh, rated dread. Yeah, let's remember? do it. Let's, okay, so rate the movie and then let us know how people can okay. get a hold of you and if you've got anything I, I going would, on. I would like rate, for what's your rating? Y'all to go first. Rating. On the rating. rating we're Us? doing a ten point scale. <clears throat> no half points. Full ten, 10 points. point scale. So out of ten. Yeah. No half points. Okay. Cool. Turbo toboggan. I'm going to go last. You want to go last? All right. Uh, Turbo okay. toboggan. I want to say seven out of ten. Okay. Okay. And people can reach you on the Discord? Yeah, Discord. All right, man. Sounds good. Lena? Um, I guess I will also give it a 7 out of 10 if you want to contact me. Write me on the Discord under Lena or Trantle Tier. Awesome. Bye. Sounds good. Sounds good. And then Toasty? So, so they did a cardinal sin with this movie. They did a cardinal sin. This movie gets a zero out of 10 from me. Oh, no. Zero out of 10. They killed two dogs within the first 10 minutes of the movie. And you cannot do that. It's not allowed. Wait, so like John Wick gets a zero also? Yes. All right, I've so, never seen it. So I have you no haven't seen John freaking it. Wick. Nope. Never seen it. Don't care. Um, the whole, the whole point of us doing these, <laughs> these episodes is we know Toasty doesn't watch movies. So we're trying to get him to watch movies. So we how can to, you be surprised? He hasn't watched listen, John. Wick. We need he to do a John seen. Wick lore cast in order for you to just watch John Wick. <laughs> All right. Toasty. So you need to watch. John Wick. It gets it's a zero. Connected by Keanu Reeves. It's connected okay. by Keanu Reeves. If it is connected by Keanu Reeves, if they didn't kill the That's dogs, true. what would you give it? Uh, probably a two because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. All right, Logan and 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 we're Toasty and I are doing the Witcher Lorecast usually on Monday nights. This week's going this week it's going to be on Wednesday night, and we're going back over season one on Netflix, getting ready doing for season recap. two. Doing and recaps. they ruin our plan. They did it again, Tom. They ruined our plans. You know, it's always easy to be like, okay, we're going to do the recap. We're going to talk about this episode. And, you know, it was episode one. I was like, it's probably easy to talk about one and two. Mm-hmm. But they, they screwed it up because they dropped a trailer that we're just going to have to I dissect. So I know. I, I was thinking I the same thing. All right. I guess we're SOL on this one. Uh, <laughs> so we're dissecting a trailer and then we're going to have to bunch up double episodes on some other one okay so anyway we'll be doing that on wednesday come hang out for the witcher lore cast get ready for season two it's gonna be freaking awesome all right yep uh logan what do you what do you think uh five out of ten uh the film does not convey the story that it needed to um the animation's great the setting's great but the story is terrible and uh there's there's a bunch of rape in it that didn't need to be in there so i think uh i think i'm gonna i'm gonna rate it pretty low especially compared to the films we're going to be watching so many better films out there to watch that are uh, cyberpunk adjacent mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> rape that was in it that they didn't need it and it was addressed poorly yeah <laughs> so um, very big. all right uh logan you and i often agree about lots of things and then have like big disagreements about minor points. <laughs> I feel like that's probably sums up things pretty well. Right. Yeah. Like we, we have, sense. we agree about like 80% of things and then we have a big disagreement about like 20%, but you and I are hundred percent in agreement on this one. I also give it a five. 
I'm, so. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, this, <laughs> we have so many other good films that we should be watching. This is this was a pivotal movie for animation. Right. It was a pivotal pivotal movie for bringing anime to adults and into America. Right. This is not a. This film does not hold up. It right. is. It is not as good as it as it used to be. In 1991, I would have given this an eight. Okay. In I... 19. Or I'm sorry, in 2021, it gets a five. I, I feel much better because I thought Logan was going to be real mad at me based on his reaction earlier. And I'm, <laughs> he's not. And I feel better about that. Yeah. <laughs> me and Logan never agree on anything. I think I've learned that one. <laughs> it never happens. No, that's not true. I love I love The Witcher. I think you guys do a great job with that. And I, I don't disagree with most of the stuff you say on there. Well, there you go, oh, dear. All right, guys. Now well, I need now we need Logan on an episode. <laughs> <laughs> we should bring Logan. You want to come join us for the for the Witcher this week? <laughs> you guys do it at a weird time. I can't do we it. We do. I know. I know. Well, we? it's it's the same time we do this show. It's just yeah, but I'm working. You're working then. That's the only problem. Just like don't work. No. Yeah, just don't go to work. All right. Well, hey, we got it. We got to We got to get going because I got to set up the Mass Effect Lorecast is coming up next. Thank you again, guys, for being here and for supporting the show. Logan, thank you for being here. And uh, Twitch chat, thank you for being here. Listeners, thank you for being here. Everybody, thank you for being here. Be safe in Night City uh, and don't ride around on motorbikes hitting people with wrenches or doing even worse stuff because it, that just be nice. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, a smart podcast for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amarin. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey there, my name's Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of The DL, Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gamer-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. Hi, I'm Aaron. 
And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, a podcast about all things Legend of Zelda, from Errol to Zora. And all the fun things in between. If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about the Legend of Zelda lore and everything surrounding it, come join us on the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We hope to see you soon.